Hello, and welcome to Friends Reunion, Fanbytes Friday Afternoon Podcast with me, Merit Kay, and Danielle Riento. Hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm trying to bring some energy. Yeah, it's been a hey, long week. Hi. <laughs> hey. Hmm. <laughs> I um. Here's here's something we could start on. Uh, Merit, how familiar are you with the Sherlock Holmes episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation? I would say I am somewhat familiar. I, off the top of my head, the only one that I recall is the one where Moriarty realizes that he's a, a holodeck character or a hollow, uh, what is it called in? I mean, it's a hologram or a hollow image, depending on what season is it the, of what show. Well, is it the holodeck in TNG or is that in Deep Space Nine? They it's have, a hollow suite in Space Nine and a hollow deck in yeah, 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 yeah in yeah. the ships, I guess. I don't right. Know. Um, yeah. yeah, he yeah. realizes that he's a character, uh, and then he's like, "You have to let me out of here. I'm going to find a way out." And then they kind of like trick him into thinking that he's. It's like very like Inception way before that, <gasps> because they yes. trick him into thinking that he's escaped, and then basically trap him in like a simulation. Of him escaping from, uh, from the Enterprise and like flying off with like his his two D wife. Yep. And it's a very good episode, but I don't. Yeah. I, there's is there one more? Or are there two more? Or? I I think there's at least one more. I watched the first one with him in it last night. Uh, because I watch too much Star Trek. This is what I do in quarantine. I do Peloton workouts and I watch Star Trek. It's like the things I do, uh, when I'm not working or volunteering and like. It's like an early season two episode, so it's kind of early on in TNG, kind of before it got really good. But this episode is great, and it, like, introduces Moriarty, and Jordy makes him accidentally because he, like, misspeaks to the computer, and he says, make a foe that data, that could, like, best data, that's, like, too oh, smart for data. Yeah. And that's his, like, origin story, and he just, like, kidnaps Pulaski, the crusty doctor that's in that one season. And then, like... They have, like, an amicable bye-bye, and then he comes back much smarter and, like, convinces everybody else that they are in a simulation. It's wild. It's, like, fucking actually really cool. So it's on my mind right now. I don't know why. I guess because we also had a piece on the site uh, by Tarek Musa that was about this type of story and how much that scares him. Like, the wild stories about, like, AI who know their AI Mm. and, like how uncomfortable that is and how they deserve to be treated humanely as well. It's been on my mind lately. I don't know if you're into those kinds of sci-fi stories, but it's been, it's been in my brain. It's been like swimming around lately. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I haven't been reading a lot of sci-fi lately or watching a ton of sci-fi. I'm trying to think like I've been on a big Philip K. Dick kick. Yeah. Uh, as I have been kind of on and off for the last couple of years, but uh, not really robot fair. focused in his, his stuff. Yeah. Uh, or at least the stuff that I'm reading, there are robots in, in them, but they're not really like a big plot point. Uh, right. After, after yeah. androids dreaming of electricity. Yeah. That's the, really the only one kind of the only that one, I can yeah. think of. There's, uh, I'm sure robots come up in other ones, but that's the only one that, springs to mind didn't they okay when they did that start the star trek though 
didn't they think that Sherlock Holmes was in the public domain and then it turned out not to be so they had to pay a ton <laughs> of money to like his estate to Doyle's estate that makes sense this would have been 88 I think it's like really early on in the next generation I'm pretty so. sure that's what happened they're like oh of course Sherlock Holmes is public domain and then they just like got a bill from <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle's estate <laughs> like, whoops Oopsies. Oopsie doopsie. That's very funny. That's very, very funny. Wow. God. Can you imagine being like, wow, we're going to save so much money on this bottle episode of the show Mm -hmm. and not go out to like weird planets or whatever. Uh, And then they're just like, oh, God, that was the most expensive episode we ever produced. Whoops. Yeah. (laughs) We're doing some courtroom dramas now. Good job, guys. Like, (laughs) so I'm trying to think and, um, so I did, there is a story that was kind of interesting that I read last year. Do you know Ted mm-hmm. Chang? Yeah, I'm like vaguely familiar. I he, don't think I've, I've read any. He wrote story, the short I... story that became the movie Arrival. Okay. Yes, yes, uh, yes. He's okay. a big, like, you know, he he's like a big sci-fi writer. I met him once in Seattle and I don't remember why I had dinner with him and like a couple other people. Wow. It was very weird. Um, I think I was like the only person who like wasn't a writer there at the time because I was in grad school. Sure. Uh, and I also yeah. didn't know who any of these people were. And then later I was like, oh, they're like, <laughs> they're like actual writers. Well, um, <laughs> I would have been really uh, nervous at the time had I known who they were. But he has a story called The Life Cycle of Software Objects, which oh. I'll be honest, the uh, his uh, the collection uh, of his that I read, I kind of gave up halfway through because I, I don't know. I mean, uh, some of the stories were really good and then just kind of became a little like black mirror-y of just like, oh, mm. something. Yeah. oh, what if there was something, but it was fucked up. But the life cycle <laughs> of software objects is basically about this company that invents like intelligent virtual pets. Oh my God. But then they uh, decide that it's like not, uh, What's the word? Uh, like ethical? No, no, no. No, no. They don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> Profitable? Profitable. <laughs> yeah. My totally. brain is just totally melted. Um, oh, it's all good. Yeah. They decide that it's just like not profitable anymore. And then they, uh, they're like, well, uh, I guess we'll just like turn these off or whatever. But basically the person who had been working with them, who, like they hire the zoo trainer to like train the virtual pets and stuff. Uh, and then she kind of like adopts one of them uh, and like continues to raise it. And then like, you know, it lives in the internet, right. Or like in these virtual games, but then like the standards for those games, like start to like be displaced, like, you know, flash is going away. So then they have to like port them to like new environments. And then eventually they like build like a robot body that one of them can walk around in. Um, And uh, is at the end is like trying to get him like basically illegal rights as like oh, this wow. weird legacy uh, like creature that is essentially like intelligent now. And there's like a whole bunch of other weird stuff about like this like virtual sex doll company wants to like license copies of of these characters and stuff. And it's like a lot. Um but it, it's like interesting as like a 
as like a thought experiment of like, okay, well, what if, yeah, like what if people were, were, did raise AI and like they, they became intelligent, but not in this like way of like, they became super intelligent and were like trying to take over the world, but as basically children who then like grew up and were kind of like sort of animals, but also people and like, you know, had to be migrated to different tech standards and like how would changing technologies like impact their continued existence and it it takes a lot of that stuff into account in a way that i thought was pretty cool i need to read this because i i find that so much more interesting than the sort of terminator approach yeah um like i I like the first two terminator movies they're good movies but like just it's going to destroy us all is less interesting to me than oh what are the actual ethical implications of this and what are the ethical implications of like this is a life form we must treat this humanely. What does treating it humanely mean? And like yeah. how easy it is to not treat things humanely is uh, it's just interesting. It's like great, great food for thought. And of course <laughs> there is a, a Star Trek Voyager episode towards the very end where the doctor has created a hollow novel that is basically like from his point of view, everybody on Voyager is an asshole mm-hmm. and like, it's very funny and comical and terrible. Um, and he like this is when they're sort of in contact with you know uh, the Alpha Quadrant at this point, and his like book agent re- like releases it, and everybody's really pissed. And then it becomes a courtroom episode with like a lawyer from the Alpha Quadrant talking about whether or not he has the rights to his work uh, because oh. he wants to like rescind the work, which is like. It's interesting from both like, okay, does an AI have rights to their work? Do they have life, first of all, and sentience? And then do they have the rights to their own work? So it becomes like a double, like a double moral argument, which is kind of fun and interesting. And also it's funny because it's like he basically wrote a satire about how much his life sucks. And it's like (laughs) actually kind of funny because he's the most put upon like schmo of a character uh, in itself. So I just love this. I love like AI story like good ai stories um that tackle with that stuff is is very very fun for me do you ever play soma by the way no i've read about it that's the one where you keep like switching bodies or something yeah and there's a whole thing about every time you you know there there's an ai character who every time you do switch bodies like a copy stays in the old body Mm -hmm. and a copy moves on and it's 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 really cool um highly recommended i know they kind of patched out the stealth stuff in that game and you can just play the game as like an interactive story which is kind of cool it's very pretty too like it has really Mm. cool um derelict not spaceship but like undersea lab um like derelict undersea lab vibes which is pretty rad so yeah it's a cool game yeah um so did you want to talk about cool things that you worked on on the site this week god yeah cool things cool things cool things hot hot eats and hot takes and cool treats <laughs> god when's the last time you went cool to a dairy character. queen when's the last to a dairy queen wait who went to a dairy queen when is the last time you went to a dairy queen oh god i don't know that i've ever been to a dairy queen in my ever life. i don't think so not even so okay, kid? in New England we had Newport Creamery. Paul just said he's never like, been to one either. Yeah, wow. I think in the Northeast uh, of the U.S. it might just be 
like we just have okay we had friendlies and we had yeah. newport creamery where okay. i lived so we had like cool ice cream places um that were that had like diner food too yeah like you could have like diner food like dinner and then ice cream sundaes and shakes and stuff like that so so Dairy Queen had food, but I think I've maybe eaten food at a Dairy Queen like once in my entire life. And like there were Dairy Queens where I grew up, like we would go and get blizzards all the time as a kid. And they had like, for some reason, they had the peanuts license back then. So like you'd get a cup with like Charlie Brown on it and then (laughs) get your like Smarties blizzard. Sorry. No, no, I know what it, I know what it means. Like an M&M's blizzard (laughs) for people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, cause yeah, I don't, have we talked about the Smarties Rockets conundrum? No, I don't think we have. Okay. So in Canada, we have a candy called Smarties and they're just M&Ms, but without the M's on them. And they come from England. Like I think they're, they come from Cadbury or Mars or something, but they're called Smarties and they're just M&Ms. They're like chocolate with a candy coating. And then... We have a candy called Rockets, okay. which is what Americans call Smarties. Those little right, pressed okay. sugar tablets that come in a little They're plastic tangy. tube. They're tangy. Yeah. They're yeah. just like the lowest common denominator of candy. They're just like sugar pressed into like a little thing. We call those Rockets. Okay. And I guess in the States, they call them Smarties. Yes. Uh, also, we call Caramello Caramilk. Do you have caramello? Whoa. Wait, do you have caramello? I do know caramello. I do we know call caramello. it caramilk. Caramilk. Uh, yeah. Can I just I don't say know. caramello had the coolest fucking commercials in like the late 80s, early 90s? Like this trippy, surreal fucking animation with like a leopard and a lady and a chocolate bar. And it was fucking the coolest thing ever. I feel like ever. chocolate bar commercials have sort of always been ahead of the curve in terms of like, yeah. they're up there with like, razor commercials in terms of the visual effects that are going into making something that is just pretty mundane seem like fucking life-changing like you shave your face with this or you eat this snickers and you're gonna be like like a superhuman also can we talk about snickers for a second i'm dying to talk about snickers i've been wanting to talk about snickers with you all day you know how their slogan for a while was you're not you when you're hungry that might still be their slogan. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was thinking about that the other day, and I don't agree. I think. You are more here's yourself. Here's what I think. I think you are more yourself. I think the truest expression of yourself is who you are when you are hungry and also possibly naked and afraid and cold oh and tired. Oh because only then. Only when the comforts have been stripped away can you know who you are really, who you really are, you know? Anyone can be uh, decent and, uh, you know, a good person when they're not hungry. But when you're hungry, what will you do? That's the question. Oh, my God. This is, this is true. But probably uh, you are less yourself when you have eaten is not. You're 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 not you when you're full. That doesn't really sell. You're not you when you're full. So stay hungry. Stay, <laughs> stay hungry. You know, not literally, but yeah, not literally. But I do think literally, 
you know, yeah, that's the true test, right? So you like, are under duress. The whole, the whole thing about like homeostasis and even like emotional homeostasis and like feeling as if all your needs are met and then thus you are capable of, of going up Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs kind of thing. Like, oh, you can be self-actualized, but only if hunger and warmth and, uh, you know, all of these other conditions are satisfied. You're saying that's all bullshit. I'm saying it's the opposite. Yeah. I'm saying that you you do all the you have you have to figure out who you are when you're sitting <sighs> under a waterfall yeah and jamming your hands into bowls of rice and stones yeah. and only having one grain of rice a day and is that something people do well that was like the the ascetic thing with um buddha right oh i think like he only ate one grain of rice a day. That was part of like his like full lot and like slept on like not concrete, but something very, very uncomfortable. There was no concrete back in this time. But yeah, very, very. Uh, there was. When was concrete invented? Rome. Oh, that's a good call. Was that Rome? I know they had concrete, but it maybe have been invented before that because that's what the Colosseum is made out of. Right. Is it? That's a really good question. I have Paul no says idea. Also, thirteen hundred BC. Yeah, the Colosseum is that's concrete. Concrete, right? I don't know. I could just be making that up. I know nothing about um, construction. <laughs> it's like a sad thing about my life that I know nothing, historical or otherwise. Like, I if you asked me how a building is built, I would be like. Well, they have hard hats. I am sure. I guess there are, there's superstructure. I am sure you could figure it out if you sat down. Not that building isn't a complicated thing, but like you're an intelligent person. Like how, okay. So, I mean, like, you know, they don't just put bricks down, right? So like, you could, you could, I'm sure you could figure out the basics of it. Not to do it yourself necessarily, but like, you know, they put down rebar and then they, they cover that with with concrete and then they do all the wires and, and pipes right i feel like i would finish building a building and be like oh my god fuck the pipes this is just a concrete cube there's no wiring or pipes oh my god right yeah what if we built a coliseum together paul paul suggests that oh we, we could try doing that it's like a youtube challenge like okay guys today we're gonna try and build the coliseum uh, you know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day, but we've only got two hours to get this one done. <laughs> so let's jump right in. Um, God. Yeah. That would be a mess. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I also just realized um, the commercial I was thinking of was not for Caramello. It was for a whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit. I mean, they're all like, good. They're all. Yeah. All those commercials. Like there's yeah. one for a chocolate bar that. I don't think you have here called crunchy, crunchy, which is really good. It's like this. How do I even describe it? It's like a a, a chewy, not chewy. It's like this crisp toffee. Oh, I love with crisp like toffee. um like air bubbles inside it. It's like kind of like a sponge toffee that's just covered in chocolate, 
It's really good. And they had a music video for, or not music, a commercial for it in the nineties (laughs) to the, the song. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Wait, Nev Campbell is in this? Is Is that her? Um, Oh my God. In a little leather jacket. I think that's her. This isn't the ad that I'm thinking of, but. Okay. Okay. She is, does appear to be in this one and she's (sighs) yelling about crunchy. She's doing dances. She's so happy. She's really psyched. Oh my god! Um, wow. Yeah, so that's a good one too. Um, yeah, I don't know. We were talking about regional sodas on I, Slack I saw today, and now we're talking about regional <laughs> chocolate bars. Um, I, I uh, yeah. yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, please. no, no. Well, we had a an internal. I wouldn't call it an argument. I would call it a discussion about flavor palettes. And John was uh, making fun of us for uh, liking, uh, you know, dirt water, basically. Yeah, John was uh, saying but- that Moxie and herbal sodas and stuff are like, just like dirt water, like carbonated lettuce water. And like, <laughs> listen, it's, we're mature adults with complex palates and we need a complex sip, you know? Lavender is so delicious. I don't know how anybody doesn't like like lavender and rose water. Like obviously everybody oh, can like rose water. whatever oh they like, God. but those two flavors are god tier flavors. I love a rose water. Speaking yeah. of rose water and chocolate bars, there's a chocolate bar in Canada. How come Canada has all these good chocolate bars that don't exist? Yeah. That that always surprises me when like Canada has an exclusive snack food because I always think of America as like the, you know. Yeah, the, the genesis, the birthplace of of all of the weirdest junk foods. But sure, yeah. we have a chocolate bar called Big Turk that is just like a Turkish delight with chocolate around it, and oh it's God. so good. And like a lot of people don't like Turkish delight. I'm not one of those people. I think it's really good. Give me a little rose water flavored cube, and I will just <sighs> snack on that thing. Oh my God! Yes, just snack on a little cube. Pretend I'm eating one of those big cubes from D and D. One of those big cube monsters, <laughs> gelatinous cubes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds so good. That sounds so good. I want to have like a very special cheat day where I just eat all of these delicious treats and I'm very happy about it. I'm like, I do have a birthday coming up. I might, I might yeah. plan something. I might plan some of that, you know? I might plan it. Having I used a to birthday. Make a, and, yeah. Uh, I used to make a lavender seltzer that. Oh my God. I wish I could make you for your birthday. I'm sure it would be easy to get lavender extract, but I used to make lavender tincture. Like I used to make tinctures by um, just, uh, you just basically pour a bunch of vodka into a, um, (laughs) uh, into a jar full of herbs and leave it there for a long time and then strain it. uh, And then you get a tincture, but you put a couple drops of that in like a soda, like a seltzer. It's really good. Oh, that sounds amazing. Sounds truly wonderful. Like just, just what a great sipping concoction. Like, oh, fantastic. Truly fantastic. I love that kind of shit. I'm not a very fancy person. I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a pretty like basic person in a lot of my aesthetic choices in my life, but I love like a delicious drink I can just sip on and enjoy and smell and like have the full scent like sensory experience (laughs) like smell it like feel it like a cool bubbly drink Mm, just wonderful 
Oh, just wonderful. My God. Now I'm, I'm like delighting in, in thinking about uh, my birthday. I think I'm getting bakery pizza, which we've talked about on Ooh. probably the first episode of this show. <laughs> but I think my partner is getting me bakery pizza and like really fancy ice cream. And I'm also getting a ghee that is orange and looks like a spacesuit that has NASA branding on it. So like Whoa. when you said 37. orange, I thought like Goku, <laughs> right? It's going to look a little Goku, but it has like the NASA look. It's supposed to look like this, like early eighties space shuttle, the orange like yeah. spacesuits that they had. Uh, yeah. Which is a lot of things. Have you I ever love. considered cosplaying as a Goku? I could or like a you know one of the many gokus on that show <laughs> one of the many goku like i could pull this off like okay i clearly don't have the biceps of goku i have like decent trapezius muscles at this point in my life and like my biceps are fine for being a very small human being so like i could i could pull off like a miniature goku i think i mini could goku. i could do that you yeah, know I could actually that. if you were gonna go for any dragon ball character i think the one that you most immediately uh, look like, you know, because yeah. Goku has kind of like the big hair. Right. I don't have big hair. Um, it's true. But like, like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Paul is posting <laughs> pictures of the Dragon Ball Evolution movie. No, Paul, this is illegal. Don't, you can't. But you could do like an adult Gohan. Um, oh, who is also a pretty thick, some fellow, but has sure. shorter hair. Okay, okay. If you just kind of spiked your hair up a bit. I think Which I could do. It's getting longer again. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm into this. I think I could pull off like a halfway decent. Again, I'm not yeah. trying to not trying to say I have like huge musculature. Because I, Listen, I you have the biggest muscles of anyone who works here. So <laughs> I mean that I I mean maybe. I don't. I also haven't met everyone who works here in person, which is a wild thing to say. I would wager that you could take <laughs> down anyone who works here. Yes, like I don't I think there is, is anyone true. more skilled in the combat arts who works here than you. Because I feel like That's we would have heard true. about if there were anyone even coming close. We would have heard about it by now. Fernanda does kickboxing. Okay, so so if it was like just a brawl with no like rules she could definitely punch me now i have uh, i have like four years of western boxing experience and a tiny bit of kickboxing so i could like not die long enough to take her down now, probably yeah but here's the thing with kickboxing yeah someone comes out you tries to kickbox you just take them down and then it's a ground <laughs> fight yeah. and then what are they gonna do strike you they can't it's on the ground now that's the idea. At least if you're in top position, that is the idea. That's yeah. how fighting works. Everyone <laughs> thinks it's so cool to punch and stuff, and then they just get tackled by a big bear. Yep. And, and then the, the bear wins. The bear always. wins. <laughs> the bear, the bear will tends win. to win um, <laughs> by virtue of being a bear. We learned that from Tekken. We did yeah. learn that from Tekken, although I started playing a guy who uses Wing Chun, and it's also very cool. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I, I know a lot less about that. Uh, I know, like what that might it's very like, like defensive and like yeah. a lot of just like kind of flowing movements and stuff yeah. uh very cool it's like ip man yeah paul sure sure ip sure man. yeah that um, makes sense yeah it's i've been uh, yeah. i've been looking into bodybuilders today 
on the oh, subject of, of building I want to thick hear about muscles. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated by bodybuilders. I just think they're like, obviously a lot of them are, have train wrecks of lives. Um, <laughs> there is something sure. about this lifestyle that either attracts people uh, who already sort of have instabilities in their life or exacerbates them. I think that's true of like any high level competition. Like you're always going to get personalities. You're always going to get like weirdos, but I, I just find them so fascinating as like these people who are pushing the limits of like the human body in like a very specific way. Like it's not about like being really good at a sport or something. Although some would say bodybuilding is a sport, Um, but it's not about like being good at like fighting or like, basketball or or whatever it's just about like creating like the biggest body possible or like the or the the leanest most powerful body and um so many of these guys primarily guys um die really young because of you know steroids a lot of the time uh like a lot of them die of heart problems which is a steroid thing and it's often made worse by like other drug taking but just some wild personalities and like the whole culture and like economy of bodybuilding it's it's just like perversely fascinating to me like i saw pumping iron a few years ago and i watched a bit of it again today the part when arnold's just like (laughs) when you get the pump you know it's it's like as satisfying for me as coming it's like I'm coming all the time. Not I'm in heaven. I'm coming all the time. <laughs> like it's just like, yeah. Damn. Okay. Wow. Um. And then that whole movie, he's just fucking with Lou Ferrigno and like other people, and it's just like this, like bad guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like everyone is kind of a scumbag to some extent. It seems like. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I've just been, like, watching videos about these guys and, like, the trip. Yeah. It's a trip. I, I have never done bodybuilding, um, but I've always been, like, adjacent to it. Like, I have always been around a lot of people who, like, really, really lift. I don't, like, to be clear, I don't really lift weights. Like, I basically, I have, like, very small weights in my house for small functional movements, but I just do fuckloads of push-ups and shoulder stuff and pull-ups and, like, really just, like, functional body weight exercises and, like, a ton of sparring and a lot of running. Like, I don't don't really live because my wrists are so fucked up. And, like, I've always been around lifters who, like, I've been around a lot of people who do, like, some amateur bodybuilding and who, like, you know, get so into it. They get really into the, like, the macro nutrition aspect of, like, the way they eat to me is truly fascinating. Like, the way they always are trying to get the most protein out of any meal or anything that they eat. And, like, the way they train at certain times of day, the way they, like, taste weights where it's like a okay you let your body taste a heavier weight and then you do your real lifting with like a much Mm. lower weight like all these wild tips and tricks for like how to get the most out of your muscles and how to like make the micro tears as efficient as possible so that they grow the best possible and like yeah i have a friend uh who actually knew advice who is a like a fucking awesome woman who is like really into bodybuilding and, and competed a bit in bodybuilding and like 
um, she actually wrote for the food site advice when there was a food site advice called Munchies. And like, she was the EIC over there for a while. And like the way we would talk about food in a way where like, I have to be, I have to eat certain things. Sorry. I know content warning about food. Um, but like, I just, I have a certain diet for what I do for my activity level and like my stuff that I do for my sport. But the, like the way she had to get so granular with it was fascinating to me and like we would have conversations about like the snacks in the office and like what had the best macros and like what's the best snack bang for your buck today that's like available today because that's what vice bought that day like or that week or whatever and it was just like fucking wild to me i've always been so fascinated by it like as a lifestyle and like how people do it and even if they don't go down like the super competitive route like you can be like an amateur competitor and like enjoy you know like the way right. i am an amateur yeah. competitor where it's like an enjoyable part of your life and like yes you train and you get excited about it but it's not your whole life like it's not you know your full-time job or anything and like just amazing shit it also scares me a little like body the idea of bodybuilding actually scares me a little bit like there are times like if something goes wrong under a massive 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 weight yeah that's terrifying to me that's like oh you broke your body because this piece of metal is so heavy like that's scary shit that's just scary to me like <laughs> paul in chat is just like yeah fuck that yeah <laughs> yeah like me. that's scary and i know what i do is probably scary to people too like yeah you get your leg broken and you can get your arm broken like really easily like that could happen any day just training just honestly training with it even with like a trusted training partner things can just go wrong um but like i'm probably not gonna die from jujitsu whereas like okay if you get hit in the head with a thousand pound weight that like some of these like truly prolific or or like truly truly like huge bodybuilders can do it's like oh god <laughs> like yeah. that's really traumatizing to think about yeah that's oh, serious. Yeah, sorry. You unlocked a, a, a whole stream there in me. I got no, no, it's, it's cool. It's <laughs> cool. It's fascinating shit. For real. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, we've gone down so many beautiful paths today. Did you wanna highlight something that uh that you worked on in the last week? Over yeah. Um, the website. That's great. You know, we've just been doing a lot of podcast stuff and streaming stuff but um yeah I, I think i maybe talked about it last week too i don't know but um yeah i do want to just talk about the dark souls stream that we've Please. been doing and uh we started dark souls 2 on monday which has been really fun so far we made a new character called farfield from church uh who is a cleric who is just the saddest saddest person in dark souls she's so sad uh just constantly just like on the verge of tears at the fact that she is just here and having to do this stuff um i'm through the second boss now oh nice and what uh, was the second boss i I may not have seen it the second boss was like two guys like joined together like back to back kind of so it was like like they didn't have like like you couldn't like step around to the back and like attack it from the back right because it just was like two guys that like were fighting back to back kind of except i think they were just like one guy but with like yeah uh and we we fought that guy on an old 
boat. And I oh, fought that wow. guy with a squad of like three people with me because I summoned <laughs> uh, an AI friend and then two um, actual players who were playing. Because the nice thing is now that I'm playing Dark Souls 2 um, rather than the original version of the first one. And I'm playing uh, Scholar of the First Sin, which is like the updated version. There are actually people playing it. Yeah. So like... I can like summon people in to help me. So I just had like four people all just like <laughs> smashing in this boss, like with maces and stuff at the same time. Very powerful, very fun. And, That's um, incredible. yeah, now I don't know. It's, um, been a blast so far and I'm excited to get through it. Everyone's like, do bloodborne, do bloodborne. And I'm like, I will, I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. Um, I haven't decided Yeah, Maybe it'll be after two. But because Bloodborne mm. came out before Dark Souls 3, right? Yes. A, a year before. Not like too long before, right. but just So maybe we'll before. do Bloodborne, then Dark Souls 3. We'll see. Oh, um, release order. I like One that. way or the other, we'll get there. Yeah. So don't don't worry. Um, but we got two right now. Farfield from Church is making her way through whatever the fuck this one's world in this one is called. I don't remember. <laughs> Church. Lord Ran, That's no. Called. That was last time. Um, and we miss Bronald very much, but he's the dark Lord now. And, yeah. uh, he's, he's too, he's too busy. You know, he became, he blew up. He's like really yeah. big now. So he, he doesn't have time to come on stream with us, unfortunately. Right. 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 That's, you know, that's fair. I respect that you are creating a new character in this universe for for each game and obviously if you want to carry someone over you can it's your choice but i respect it there it feels like a really strong choice to make a strong choice at the beginning of each game you know yeah well also i like having people like get in on it um yeah yeah. and the process of getting to farfield was really fun because i definitely did not start the stream thinking that we would make a very sad looking horse girl with a horse tattoo on her forehead. Um, but that's where we ended up because that was just where the spirit took us. And by spirit, I do mean that horse movie about a horse named Spirit. Spirit? <laughs> Good. That makes me really happy. Makes me really happy. I wanted to ask as a as a note for, you know, for doing fun discussions, how are you finding streaming? Because I know you've obviously done a lot of streaming in your life, but how are you finding it as like, a a discipline that you're now doing at a, at a very specific cadence. Yeah. It's, um, it's mostly, it's really fun. Um, I like having sort of a set time for it. I think having people like in the chat commenting on stuff is like such a good motivation to keep going. I don't know that I would have finished dark souls if I hadn't streamed it. I started it before I was streaming, but like, I don't know that I would have gotten it done and I don't know that I would have moved on to two. And, um, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, okay, got a stream tonight. All right. So <laughs> sure. But then when you get into it, it's just like always really fun. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been nice to have this sort of like different outlet um, because, you know, I do, I've done podcasts for years and years, sure. but I've only streamed kind of like on and off for a long time. And to have like an actual schedule now with like a recurring thing is, uh, is pretty different for me, but yeah. I've been really enjoying it and I hope everyone else has been too. Yeah. Well, I think people have been, um, 
people seem to love it, which makes me really happy. It is seeing you enjoy streaming has made me want to stream yeah. again. Stream some Donkey Kong. <laughs> stream some Donkey Kong. Yeah, I think I think I might. I think I might um pick up a slot and maybe do some Donkey Kong Country. Um Yeah. And figure out what that might look like for sure. That's but your Dark Souls. Except you're already Souls. good at them. I mean I'm going to be pretty rusty. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they, I was good at them when I was 10. Uh, yeah. But we will, will see um, like, how it goes. Yeah, they Especially were Especially two and three. Games. Yeah. Real hard. Especially if you're going for extras. They, Ooh, they yeah. got tough. All they the tough. tokens and coins and bananas yeah. and stuff. All that yeah. good shit, you know, all that it's good shit. It's a lot. It's a lot. And there's no, uh, there's no like ape assist mode. Those, no those earlier ones there's no funky mode or like golden right. kong or whatever yeah um yeah returns and freeze i actually think freeze runs circles tropical freeze yeah that, that is runs like circles around returns returns mm-hmm. is like a good game but i think tropical freeze is like a great game um so yeah but they both had that sort of assist like you could add hearts and uh, yeah, also, of course, yeah. funky mode in uh, Tropical Freeze because that game is ridiculously difficult. But like Dark Souls, you could do things to assist yourself mm. in playing it. So you can choose. You can make choices. You can summon yeah. another Donkey Kong. Yep. You can summon to show the Golden Kong <laughs> to help you through difficult areas. So it's, yeah. Good games. It's weird that the three genres I'm like obsessed with in my life are platformers, tactics games, and immersive sims because they have nothing to fucking do with each other. But it's true. I'm a woman of many talents, I guess, and it's fine. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, it seems all right. Um, was there anything else you you wanted to highlight besides your excellent stream work this week? Uh no, what about you? Yeah, so this week I actually I wrote again. I did a writing again. Um I wrote about Star Trek, which I know we already talked about today a little bit. So we I will, I will briefly say I <laughs> yeah, right, the Trek quota has been filled, but it's okay. Um I actually wrote about the original series because I had never I grew up with a lot of next generation, but also like a good sprinkling of the original series. And my parents were giant nerds, but they weren't like Trekkies. This is hard to like completely makes sense of because now when you're like a nerd or whatever the fuck you're in like different camps and fandoms and all that kind of shit but like my mom is just like i love space shit like whatever mm-hmm. there's a spaceship i'm having fun with it um so like we watched a lot of star wars we watched a lot of star trek and my mom was not like keeping track of episodes and like writing fan fiction or anything she just loved all this shit but didn't feel the need to like put labels on it i guess Um, so I grew up with both and when I was very, very, very young, I didn't really know the difference between the two of them. I was just like, there's the one with the ball guy and the one with the guy in the yellow shirt. And like, that was just how I knew it. Right. And then I grew up and blah, blah, blah. And this is the first time at like, you know, 36, very close to 37 that I actually went through the entire original series, like front to back, like not skipping any episodes, doing the whole thing. And it was very educational. I, uh, You know, uh, I found it fascinating in a lot of places. I found, like, a lot of things about the show really progressive and a lot of things really regressive, which, you know, makes sense given um, (laughs) 
TV production, I guess, at the time. And also Gene Roddenberry being, you know, like a fucking guy who loved to fuck hot women. And like that was kind of his prerogative throughout the series, (laughs) even though it's also like women can be officers and smart and cool and have great jobs and be in power. But also they got to look real hot and wear those little mini skirts. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's there's a lot of that, which is also aesthetically frankly interesting and like watching it from a visual standpoint was never not really fun like i love the way that show looks i love the production design i love the sets and the fucking wild ass costumes and like especially like the the mild failures were always just incredible to look at like Mm. oh yeah that's definitely cardboard but i love it like i love the way it looks so yeah, and then the um, third season, I I kind of intended to just write, like, a watch list, like, saying, hey, the third season is fucking terrible, but there are these, like, four or five episodes that are worth watching. Um, and then I just couldn't help myself from having thoughts about the whole thing, just, <laughs> you know, because I just, I had just watched all of it and, like, it was just there in my brain. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of like a hybrid <laughs> watch list and, like, little light miniature feature on, like, some thoughts on the series as a whole, so... Yeah, Kirk is bad, McCoy is bad, but Spock is really wonderful. And, like, I really loved um, that character and how well that character actually holds up over time. And, like, sounds funny to say, but he is, like, a true humanist, even though they're always joking about, like, oh, humans suck. But he's, like, a really warm and kind character, even though everybody always talks about him being very cold. Mm -hmm. He's not. He's actually, like, really warm and gentle, kind of at all times. So He's, like... Well, I should say Data is the TNG Spock, right? Yeah, who is also very warm and kind. Yeah, like, Data's like my favorite character on TNG. Yeah, he's unbelievably sweet, like, as a as a person. I mean, he's always caring about other people and how they feel, even if, you know, he's accused of not having feelings uh, the same way Spock was. But it's just like, no, actually, they're just different about the way they present things, but they always care. And that's important and it's wonderful. So, yeah, that was what I did this week. I wrote that. Ah, oh, well, I guess we're we're getting ready to to wrap things up. Shall we? Shall we talk about the the future of our yeah, show? Let's here? talk about the future. Shall we talk about all good things? Ooh, <laughs> just like in Star Trek, <laughs> he's gonna come and be like, "Uh oh, Jean Luc." Life on Earth isn't going to start because of a space accident. Right. You'll have to crash the Enterprise into the Enterprise if you want to save the Earth. John? And then, and then you can play like poker. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Um, he has a little of that, but yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so here's here's the thing, folks. Yeah. We are going to say so long to Friday afternoon Friends Reunion for the foreseeable future. Uh, this It may come back. Yeah. Uh, but for now, this podcast feed that you're listening to is going to be just the Monday Friends reunion, and I will acknowledge the existence of that show for the first time. I will break kayfabe <laughs> to acknowledge that there is another show called Friends Reunion on this network, which you almost certainly know about. If yeah. you don't, if you've been deleting those episodes whenever they come up, uh, don't. 
stop to them. Stop doing that yeah. because they're really good. <laughs> yeah. That show is great. It's uh it's John Warren, Nikki Grayson, and LB Hunk Tears. And it's um it's a great show. And you already know that almost certainly. Uh so why why are we winding this down? Yeah. We're doing a lot of yeah. podcasts yeah. and increasingly video content. And um I I am on uh well three shows, three and yep. a half shows a week right now because Kahol is bi weekly. Kahol is going to be going weekly yeah. in the near future, which means that I will be on four shows and then streaming three times a week. And that's just too, too much. much for me. My you poor also voice. have a lot of other things. I have other job. duties. That's not my <laughs> whole job. I do other stuff too behind the scenes. And, um, and also, yeah, I, you know, Danielle's got other stuff to do. And I think this will free up, uh, Danielle to do things like stream Donkey Kong country on Friday afternoons or yeah. other games. Um, and a lot of people have been saying, where's Danielle streaming? We want to see more Danielle streaming. And oh, they have. Oh Yeah. You know, oh, wow. you know, yeah. Everyone's like, I want I to see Danielle that. stream, um, you oh. know, uh, uh, Into the Breach or uh, Dishonored or or any any number of yeah, these. Th- those types of games that that I that I enjoy. Yeah, the dog. Sorry. For yeah, the, the dogs, dogs are so excited. Um, <laughs> They're like stream, stream Donkey Kong. We, we love like, that we that like beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and like. Uh, to be to be totally honest, peek behind the curtain. I have both been a little scared to get back into streaming because I got really burnt out on it previously, and also I've had this thing where I wanted to really consciously, like coming from Waypoint, wanted to like really kind of give other people the spotlight as much as possible and not be like so me about it because I can be a lot and I can be a very like blah 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 like never shut up kind of person so I've been like a little reticent but I think I'm ready I think after watching you have a good time with Bronald and with Farfield yeah and I I had fun on that uh, on the couple of hitman streams that I've done and I'm kind of like I think I'm ready I think I'm ready to have a new iteration of me streaming uh, and and for it to be a great positive experience for everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's time. And I'm I I will say I am a little sad because I do love our our weird chill show, but I think it's going to make room for so many fun things that it's going to be okay and it's going to yeah. be good. And you know yeah. you know what? Uh, again, if you listen to this and somehow don't know about Channel F, which is the actual video games podcast, well. Technically, there is another video games podcast called uh, 99 Potions. Right. But um, <laughs> Channel F is the video games podcast that we do, and we're both on it. So, yeah. you know, uh, probably a little less talk about Star Trek and uh, Soda, but it, it comes up. It'll sometimes. come up, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and we won't have – and also, we're both on You Love to See It. So, you know what? Um, yeah, all my podcasts that I'm on, I'm on with you. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, we have we have plenty of room. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's fine. Um, and you know who knows? Maybe we'll bring this back at some point in yeah. the future. Uh, but for now, this is going to be the last one of these. But again, please do not unsubscribe to this podcast feed because 
uh, Monday Friends Reunion isn't going anywhere. The West Coast folks, they're still holding it down. And uh, they have no plans of changing that anytime soon. So stay tuned. Exactly. Exactly. Shall we do our tiny outro? Let's wrap up. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this show. We, I think we had a good run and I'm really excited about other stuff that's happening. And yeah, stay tuned because more exciting, cool things will be coming up. And don't worry, you will always have friends to listen to as they have their reunion on Mondays. So don't worry. Uh, If you do want to take a second and write and review the podcast, which will, of course, again, continue in the spirit of the West Coast, you can please do that. It does help us so much. You can listen to all of our shows at fanbite.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media and TikTok and Instagram at Fanbyte. And of course, on fanbyte.com. And you can watch all of these awesome streams, including, of course, Merit Souls, which is uh, the adventures of Farfield and Dark Souls 2 right now on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can join for that. And then there'll be news about this Donkey Kong business very soon. So don't worry. You can just stay tuned on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so much to Paul Tamayo for producing this show. And with that, Oh yeah, actually, I should also you ask you, Mary, to, where are you, you online? Say, were you about to say office hours are closed for business? No, I was going to say we're gaming here. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm at Mary Kay on Twitter. I'm at Danielle R.I. And with that, until next time, until we meet again, friends, we're gaming here. Bye. Bye. Bye.